California wipes out $58 million in student debt. A new report says California parents can't afford to pay for childcare anymore. And California's latest descent into liberal madness involves Berkeley banning natural gas. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. Talk some California politics. Yes, sir. Summertime. We're back. It's starting to really feel like summer out there. Uh, that darn global warming is full of Oh, that's true. I yes. That's true. I should have thought of that. You're one. from Bakersfield. Yeah. You love this kind well, of no, stuff. that means John is Mr. Uh, Bako. Boy, that means it's got to be like 150 there with global warming added in. Everyone's, I don't know, maybe there's no one living still. It's Bakersfield and then the surface of the sun, right? It's just <laughs> pretty much the same thing. They're right next to each other. And just so people know, we'll be taking a week off. It's true. Next week. Uh, um, given summer, there's yeah. uh, just schedules, breaks, things to do. That's right. Darn it. I mean, everybody else is taking a break. Why can't we? I know. That's I mean, true. I mean, Congress is going on recess right now, so hey. <laughs> and we'll give you this because you got two weeks to wait, and John's been humming it all day. The villagers. Yeah. He loves humming that one. I'm doing the dance right now. The villagers. America's friendliest hometown. Get that note, John. Villagers. <laughs> If you haven't seen the actual YouTube video, you really got to see it By because it's hilarious. Hammered. Yeah. It's like two totally words is, is basically sum it all up. We are on the eve of the next it's so Democrat con- you know, candidate debate. It's so true. What, okay. So well, first, where, let's go through it. Like, who do you think and what will, what will be done said? Well, first of all, my, predictions. My, my first takeaway was I, was I was reading this this morning in terms of, oh, I wonder how they split it up this time. Right. Totally random, they mm. said. Parentheses. Right. Random, but Kamala and Corey are not with Joe. Mm. Kamala and Joe are not together. Random, mind you. Isn't it funny how they um, split um, this whole thing up? Even course. the first one. Of course. So now the, the other kids have a shot at Biden this time. Yeah. So now it's Biden with um, uh, Uncle Bernie uh-huh. and uh, Elizabeth is in there. You know, they well, said after the last debate that Castro oh, yeah. had the biggest bump yeah. compared to everybody. He, but, I mean, he, I think he started at the bottom. Yeah, he did start at right. the bottom. I mean, like, it's, oh, it's you're fairly running. skewed. Okay, it's like I doubled my uh, my yeah. donors. Like, well, okay. I went from one to two. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was kind of like um, Bit O'Rourke were speaking Spanish, and then they would turn the camera to Castro and go like, um... Stop talking right. in that speech where you're like, yo, quiero un burrito. <laughs> it sounded like me yeah. in Spanish one. Was, yeah. Speaking of Beto, did you hear about the, the Ted Cruz burn on Twitter? So so Beto's on one of these late night talk show deals. And he gets asked, well, you, you guys must, you must really like it. Uh, or it must be hard now because you must have liked it running against Ted Cruz. You could differentiate yourself so well. But it's hard to do that here in these debates. And Beto says, I know, man, where's, where's Ted Cruz when you really need him? And the next day, Cruz t- tweets out, in the Senate. Yes. <laughs> you know, Ted Cruz, though, these little 
trolling nuggets oh, out every once true. in a while. It's and true. It, it makes me laugh because he seems so buttoned up a lot of times. Mm, but but Trump is teaching people how to troll. It's true. And 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 Cruz is taking uh, yeah, taking I mean, that I mean, lesson. Just the way he's turned all the Democrats against each other. He's playing all <sighs> the women off each other. I well, mean, he's been doing it for a while. I yeah. mean, he had that, he had that basketball game with Jimmy Kimmel of all people. Oh, Cruz has, yeah. Although oh, I was talking about Trump. Oh, um, Trump, and, yeah. But, in the way he's kind of he's trying to get them to rally behind Omar. Oh, big or time. AOC. That way, they have to die on that cross. But it's a, as of the we're, uh, the day we're recording this. I think AOC and Pelosi had a little powwow this morning, and uh-huh. apparently. Apparently that was all, you know, hummingbirds and I mean, Pelosi set her straight uh, and told her, basically, I think she said, look, do I need to go into your district right. and support another candidate exactly. with four times the amount exactly. of money you're going to raise? That's exactly how that went. She's the madam. Right. Uh, said, this, no. Do you want to be more than a one term congresswoman? Right. It's a, probably how that conversation went. And, and she might be. Uh, she still um, may be. That's right. That one lady announced oh. that she's going to be running against her. That's I forget right. her name. She's a brand new candidate. She seems pretty, pretty cool so far. If she's just normal, <laughs> she has a shot. All you got to do is be normal. That's the biggest thing with, with the Democrats these days is they just have to be not crazy. That's all the That's American the people <laughs> are asking. Speaking of crazy, but in a different way. And we were talking about, uh, Bernie earlier. Uncle Bernie got a lesson in econ this last the week. The hard way. Didn't he? Didn't he? He did. It was did, pretty funny. Don't you love the solution? Oh, okay. I need to get people their hourly wage to be greater. I'm just going to reduce their hours. That's pretty cool. In case you don't know, <laughs> right. Bernie's campaign people demanded minimum wage, right? Well, he's advocating for right, it. Yeah. The $15 wage. Right. And, uh, Instead of doing that, he cut their hours, which is what we say all companies end up doing when you demand a wage. It's almost like they have a limited supply of money. Are, no. Are, are people like him that that dense, or are they that disconnected? Or Because we say that is what happens when you do these things, but they, 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 this is the soapbox which they reside. It's, like, such a, it's such a great question because I always, when I look at people, especially at that level of power and who have been doing this that long, I always wonder how much should be given to the element they know exactly what they're doing. They just know how to really well play the game. Or they're just really dumb. Because Bernie's not poor. No. He's a millionaire. Yeah. He owns Correct. multiple large homes. That's right. He won't pay that living wage, quote unquote, to his own campaign people. That's right. And instead of doing that and rising to the level at which he wants to make the country, he cuts their hours. What are the odds? I was talking to Bobby about this before we started recording. What are the odds that this topic gets brought up in the debate? Going back to the debates. I said be in the car when we were coming up, I said because CNN's running this one, right? That there's a good, I'm going to put 40% chance yeah, that, so they, that they lay it out there. Almost coin toss, you'd say. It's an almost coin toss because one, they don't want to hurt, but at the same time, it's such a good nugget and they're in the tank with the establishment, CNN is. So why not throw it out there and put Bernie down even further? Because this is part of the whole, I've got a grand scheme for myself and how I think this is all going to turn out. 
So I say, yeah, they're going to throw that out there. Pretty good chance. Anything to make Bernie Sanders look bad. But we, we both agree. I think we'd all agree. MSNBC, if this had come up prior to the first debate, there's probably not a great chance that this topic gets brought no, up. They, no, because now we're starting to dig down deeper into... Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, we kind of dipped our toes in the water on the first debate. I don't think it was as cutthroat as it could have been. But now, I think as you get closer... They're going to go there. It's going to be more cutthroat. Mm-hmm. I don't think the impeachment question will be asked. Oh, even the whole Mueller? I bet it gets asked somewhere. I don't I don't think it will because interesting. This is more than a Nancy Pelosi type of debate here. MSNBC, I think they would have said that at this point in time. But at, but since it's a different network and different mm-hmm. uh moderators, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to ask that question. I think they will have a Mueller question, but I don't think they'll have a specific do we impeach now? Straight up question like that. I don't think they'll have that. I loved uh Trey Gowdy's quote. I don't know if you guys saw it. I didn't. What, what was it? He he was on uh, Fox News and they were interviewing him. And he said, I think the person that learned the most about the Mueller report was Mueller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. You can tell he didn't have really any hand in it. It was his staff, his Democrat appointee staff that really did everything. They wrote the word. They conducted the investigations. He didn't know where anything was. He didn't know what the report said. He didn't. He was totally lost. He looked like a fool. And speaking back to about how these Dems are totally disconnected, is it Nadler who's basically coming out and that he went, keeps he keeps that, wanting that, that impeachment that, that yeah. went exactly like we were hoping it yeah. would, <laughs> right. and so because of that, we're going to proceed with uh, with impeachment investigations here. Oh, it did that went exactly like you were hoping. Whenever some, there's this clip on YouTube, you could probably Google it and find it. There's this guy who is teaching a uh, gun safety course at a range, right? And he's pointing the gun down down range, and you have this like side profile video of him, right? And this class is around him, and he brings the gun up almost like right in front of his face, like it's it's straight up, but his fingers on the trigger, and he accidentally hits the trigger and launches around into the ceiling right and the thing recoils back and like hits his nose and then he brings it back forward and just acts like nothing happened and he just keeps teaching the class <laughs> and you see the face of these people is all like oh my god he just he just launched around inside does, the, yeah. the safe zone of the, the teacher uh, the, the indoor yeah. range yeah. right and that's how he tries to play it off as he's turning like 12 shades of red <laughs> right like a bullet didn't just get discharged but that's how I look at these things, where they just, oh, that, that went exactly as we planned. No, it blew up in your face. Right. right? <laughs> and everybody one. knows it. It's true. Um, Are you, yeah. Back to the point, you know you see it. Right. But you're just playing a game here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not that dumb and dense. Well, this is where Nancy Pelosi comes in, right? Big time. She's just playing the game, and she sees it, and she sees the numbers of the polling, and she goes, this ain't going to work no more. We can keep skirting the issue and keep it as a talking point, but we can't actually do this. Sorry, America. It's over. I just don't see how this it's wins. It's over, Johnny. It's over. I just don't see how this wins going into the summer of next year as your as your main campaign platform as a dem. I don't see how this works. I don't know what your platform is. Free everything. I mean that that's honestly it, it sounds like plus orange man. Oh, man. you're exaggerating and blah blah blah. But when you look at the first debate, it was just free everything, free college, free health care. Raise free your borders. hand if if an, an illegal immigrant should get free everything. Right. Everyone raised their hand. I mean it was like just a total farce. And so even if you're orange man bad and you're just well vote for me because I'm not Trump. Right. You're gonna have to contend with this gigantic spance in 
perspectives of which way the country should go. Right. Free everything or not. And that's basically where your vote's going to reside. And then Hillary Clinton will join the race. See, you keep holding (laughs) on to this. I don't don't know if I buy it. I might be the one dissenting view on this. It's going to come. You think so? Yeah. I think they they attack attack Biden. They keep doing it. Uh, I didn't see them uh, doing the segregation bit, but it seems to be working. That could come out even more. It could come out worse. There's a whole bunch of things you could get on Biden's case about. And he touching children, touching women. I think that's the, the ultimate one. Oh, I think that's the ultimate one. And then oh, you won't have your moderate Democrat anymore because they all rose, you know, rose their hand. I support socialism, and socialism is a losing topic for the presidential race. But but what we're about to find, where we're getting real close to finding out, to Louis' point, is it right? Right. I mean that that's what we're. I, I, I hear you. I agree. I think you're right. But we're really going to test hope you're that. Right. We're really going to test I that think, in 2020. I think uh, is it a losing? I think Sawyer, uh, Starbucks CEO, throws a real monkey wrench in that. But he's not. But he's out. Is he out? Is I think he, he's. I, I, I think he's I officially he suspended. I don't know. Okay. I give him a bigger shot of getting in, getting back in than Hillary probably at this point. But okay, so you might be on an island. We might Bobby. have to put a wager on that. Yeah, <laughs> I do have a couple of wagers on it, so don't, I'm not afraid of it. <laughs> First topic. First topic. All right, I've been holding back on this topic for just a little while, but here we go. Here we go. From the Sacramento Bee, California wipes out fifty-eight point six million dollars in student debt. And helps out poor patients get access to doctors. The state of California will be paying off $58.6 million in student loans this year for 247 physicians who, in exchange, committed to serve a greater percentage of the state's poorest and frailest residents, those covered by Medi-Cal. By removing the burden of student loan debt, this program will encourage more providers to make different choices when entering the healthcare market and to be able to provide care for the Medicare population, said Jennifer Kent, director of the Department of Healthcare Services, the agency administering the loan repayment program. Those who accept the awards agree to ensure that Medi-Cal patients represent 30% of their caseload for five years. The proportion of Medi-Cal patients would be something of a gold standard, according to research by Janet Kaufman, a professor at the Philip R. Lee Institute for Health Policy Studies at the University of California, San Francisco. So, gentlemen, yes, we have committed an incentive program right. to an obvious problem, which is student loan debt yep. for medical doctors. Yep. This is... I, this is interesting. There's a lot of nuance here. I so think. I, I read this article a little while ago from Market Watch, mm-hmm. and kind of in the same realm. There's the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. If you guys have heard of it, mm-hmm. it's a Fed program, right? Mm-hmm. If you do mm-hmm. ten years in uh, public service, so you could be a physician working for like the county, you could be a firefighter, you could be a police officer. Could, could I be a clerk at the county? office or something. Yeah, okay. you just have to okay. be be in public service, okay. right? They want to get people working for the lower, in, the lower paychecks in government, okay. right? If you make 120 regular payments, so 10, 10 years of payments, okay. the balance of your loan is forgiven. 
Okay. Now, the only way it really works out is if you have a pretty decent balance and you're doing the like uh, income-based repayment, right? So they never take more than like a certain percentage of your, of your disposable income. income. Okay. Because if your normal student loans are a 10-year note. Right. right. So you pay it off anyway. You'd pay it yeah. off anyways. Yeah. So this is if you're making like the minimum payments and you wouldn't be paid off in a decade. And then you worked for that. It could be uh, non-consecutive. Okay. It could be different employers. Okay. But you made 120 payments while you worked for a government employer. The whole right. time, though, working for some sort of government employer. Right. Yep. But you could do five years now. Of course. Public sector for a year. Come back. Pick up that five years. Okay. Right. Got it. So the first cohort of this program has come through now. Uh, last year it came through, okay. right? Because we had to wait 10 years, yep. basically. Yep. And 99% of the borrowers were rejected. You've gotta, really? oh, you okay. have to submit this paperwork. So that was a great program. As regularly as you would like. I think it's every year is what they want, where you submit like your status, and they say, okay, yeah, those previous 12 payments are good. Right and getting updates, updates. Right, um, but huh. the problem is, is that the rules are so ambiguous, uh-huh. and there's so many loops you have to jump through. Huh. That uh, as of June thirtieth of twenty eighteen, twenty eight thousand borrowers submitted thirty three thousand applications to have their loans discharged, and only about a ninety six borrowers were approved. Wow. Um, which equated to $5.52 million in debt discharged just in those 96 people. Well, I mean, that kind of coincides with the dollar amount we're throwing out here. It comes out to about $200,000 a person, give or take. Well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting angle. I guess as you're saying that, and I'm thinking about this, they hold the ultimate lever, right? I don't know when the repayments, did it say? I don't remember in this article where if it said when the actual repayments occurred. It's, but let's assume they don't just do it right away. They probably won't, right? Right. What if you put in the time, do what they ask? They they hold the ultimate lever at the end of being able to find almost anything they want to invent. For whatever reason, they didn't give you the money. Here's the issue I've always said, because I qualify for it. Okay. Um but I'm also in the mindset of I want to pay debt off as fast as possible. For I don't sure. want to carry a note for 10 years yep. just to then have a couple grand discharged. Oh, right. So Cost benefits, you wait it. Totally. Yeah. So um, the issue is, is that there's so much paperwork and red tape in the program yeah. that when it comes to the end of that 10 years to find out you didn't do something correctly and nobody told you, or you didn't have the right payment plan, or... Huge liability. Quote-unquote liability. Not only that, but the program has to be around in 10 years. It's not guaranteed, because you're, <laughs> not, in comes, the, you're yeah. not in the program till you apply for the discharge. There you go. Does this, that make is, sense? This, this is what I'm getting right. at. There you go. So it's not like, okay, I enrolled 10 years ago, so now I'm enrolled in this program, and I'm grandfathered in to... At least it'll cover up to my point. Or like pro rata amounts of debt are being forgiven along right. the 10 years. It's none of that. It's not. It's it's in 10 years from now, then I finally submit my entrance into this program and it gets discharged or not. I wouldn't trust that worth. You're right. Let me run down some of the criteria here, and how it's awarded. Here we go. This was for the California thing? This or? is for the California yeah, here one. We go. To be considered for an award, the applicant must be a con- current licensed healthcare provider uh, or current dental student have an unrestricted license and currently be in good standing with their licensing board, 
be an active enrolled Medi-Cal provider with existing suspensions, disbarments, and re uh, revocations, or have submitted their application to DHCS to become a Medi-Cal provider, have graduated from medical school, have existing education loan debt incurred while pursuing a medical or dental degree, or having an existing dental practice, or and willing to relocate to a targeted county, uh, not currently being participating in another loan repayment program. Mm, so, so they can force you to move. Mm -hmm. Practice mm -hmm. in California, obviously. And if awarded, maintain a patient caseload of 30% or more Medi-Cal beneficiaries. That right there, that last one would be, to me, a nightmare to properly, to ever be able to properly substantiate, prove document. Yeah. And here's the issue with all that. And this is another cost benefit analysis. I'm going to assume it's this way for doctor's offices because it's this way for ambulance transport. If you transport a patient via ambulance to the hospital, like you called 911 and a private ambulance. Token, okay. Okay. The ride could be like 2,200 bucks. Medi-Cal and Medicare pay like $300. Okay. That's it. The rest gets balance billed to the patient. They either have Which, to pay it out of their pocket. Depending on who's in the ambulance, they'll never see that money. Right. The ambulance company won't. So I can only imagine that for a physician's private office or clinic or whatever, that not only are they being made to take 30% in Medi-Cal, right? 30% of their patient load. But then that 30% is getting paid out at a fraction of what private or normal insurance will pay. Here's what gets me is that they realize that they can only do 30%. Otherwise, they do 100%, make them... An You'd be insolvent. Exactly. You couldn't do they it. They realize their own problems with Medi-Cal and say, okay, only 30%, because we know we kind of stink at this. Mm, that's a good point. So I'm going to throw some statistics at you. The uninsured rate has dropped from more than 20% in 2010 to less than 7% now. The state's low-income health program, Medi-Cal has nearly doubled in size under the ACA and now covers nearly 14 million people or one out of every three residents in the state. One out of every three. Wow. So here's another thing about Medi-Cal, though, is here's where you can fall into it, is your normal insurance, if you're on your parents' plan, covers you to, what, like 26 now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you say you're in grad school or you're in, like, med school or you're getting a doctorate or something and you're not able to work full-time because you're a full-time student still, you don't have an insurance option from then until you're employed. Mm. So I know a lot of people that are, say, in medical school, law school, doctorate school of some type, they're too old to be on their parents' insurance and then they don't have a, a place to get insurance outside of Medi-Cal. So they're stuck with Medi-Cal and the broken system that that is, even though it's not like they're lazy person sitting at home, they're just, where do I go to get insurance? I don't mm -hmm. have a job because I'm a full-time student. Mm. So there's that too. I, I just wanted to preface that because it's easy to think, oh, one in three, I, I, how many people fair. are just that, mooching? No, 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 but, but, but that's fair. Or also... Yeah, there's the demographics in the state. But but that's a fair point, that, that there's multiple angles, some of them nuanced, into becoming on, on Medi-Cal. I got some more uh, 
dingers here. And just so that we get a couple of emails, where do we get our statistics from? Uh, here's one from California, California Healthcare Foundation, California physic, uh, physician supply and distribution headed for a drought issued in June 2018, just so people won't email me. Um, mm-hmm. While the number of full-time physicians serving in Medi-Cal enrollees increased 9% between 2013 and 2015, the overall proportion of doctors serving the population shrank significantly. According to the California Healthcare Foundation, in 2013, there were 59 full-time primary care doctors per 100,000 Medicare Medi-Cal patients. But by 2015, the ratio had dropped to 39 doctors per 100,000 patients. Jesus. It's funny. This is you know this is a this is a point that doesn't get a lot of airtime because it it makes the Medicare for all argument really sticky. But it's a point that Rand Paul often brings up, primarily because he's a pract or still licensed, but a former yeah. doctor, right? You know, the one thing, and I think you're seeing in these statistics that you read, the one th- part of the equation you're missing when you say Medicare for all are the doctors. And are, is it going to be like indentured servitude? Like, are you going to force them it, enough doctors that are going to be required? You're going to force them to practice? I mean, how are you going to make them? You still need them to deliver their goods and services. Right. So what's that look like? If there's not enough of them, are you going to round up people who are thinking of going to medical school, school, hold the gun to their head and say, no, you must go? I mean, how's that? Not only that, but not all doctors are equal. That too. Right? If you had 100 doctors, that it's too. not all that 100 doctors are awesome. Right? So right. there's yeah. still going to be a skew on caseload because word gets out that, hey, you don't want to go to so-and-so. <laughs> it's totally right. <laughs> he's awful. Go to so-and-so, and he's, he's great. And, and then how are you going to? So, so everyone's got the Medi-Cal, Medicare for all card, right? But you kind of know that there's a doctor in Burbank who's really good. Right. But you live here in... In the Santa Barbara area. Uh, mm-hmm. What's that mean? Are you going to get in your car? So, right, the new solution. Well, you must stay within the county of which your card was issued. You know, you, you can just see where all well, not this only is. that, but we're going to say, hey, rack up a quarter million dollars in debt while you go to med school. And we want to say, how come more people don't become doctors? Because you're stuck paying it off until you're 50 or 60. Well, again, to the point you were talking about with the other program, you could take on this caseload and then you miss your caseload number or exactly. some other document wasn't filed and they don't give you the money. After five years, they don't give you the money. So then you spent five years taking an agreed upon lesser amount for pay for this end promise that never got realized because you were 0.1% lower on your caseload during one month. Well, and like I tell people when it comes to the public employee loan forgiveness program that the feds have it was pork rolled into obamacare uh so you have to bet on not only that's going to be here in 10 years but that something with obamacare doesn't get repealed that inadvertently repeals that let me ask you guys a question from a slightly different angle do you, do you have the program you're talking about louis or this one do you think there's anything wrong with doing that with 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 the the philosophy, let's say, of these sorts of incentives, because I'll be honest, my gut reaction, well, I'm not sure that should be done. 
But to play devil's advocate, we do it all the time in the military. Sure. Don't we? The GI Bill, for example. Right? I mean, there's loan forgiveness. I mean, different amounts for different branches in the military. I get it. Incentivize people to take the education and work in the public sector. Right. That's, just, that, right. that's I mean, the base that, level. of what, and, and incentivize people to sign up for our military. We'll pay for your college once your service is done or right. a portion of your college, whatever. And, you know, to a certain extent, we talk about this all the time, but like, I think it's even more imperative nowadays. The government's got to compete for jobs. It's true. It's an employer like anybody else. And although it is tax funded and we have to be more judicial about how we spend those dollars. And probably larger than it needs to be. Right. Well, most certainly. For sure. But they still have to compete for, for good candidates. You know, we joke about this all the time. Like, okay, go to the DMV and look at the people who work there. Right. And you're like, okay, well... Well, what do you expect? You can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, we don't want you to spend tax money and actually compete for the top no, echelon right. of the workforce. That's fair. You could look at me and say, well, why don't you apply to be a DMV? Right. You know, like, well, I don't know. And then people that. are like, well, I make way more in the private sector. Right. Right. And that that's not just working the DMV. You, you know, you talk about tech jobs and medical and everything else. I'm going to throw another nugget at you. Continue on. Meanwhile, the shortage of physicians in California, which is most acute in primary care, is only expected to worsen over the next decade. A study released last year by researchers at UC San Francisco concluded that the demand for primary care physicians will be 12 to 17 percent higher than the supply by 2030. As a result, the state will be short 4,700 primary care doctors by 2025 and as many as 8,800 by 2030. That's despite the fact that the supply of nurse practitioners and phys- um, physician assistants is rising rapidly and will compromise and comprise nearly half the primary care providers by the end of next decade. I see. I mean, I'm sorry. As you're reading this, it's just dawning on me. That's the solution is under Medicare for all, all doctors are government employees. No, I mean, right. They're going to be just like working in the camps. No, but just, <laughs> but, but just like the clerk uh, just like uh, um, a police officer, whatever. They're going to be doctors. They're going to be literal uh, employees, federal employees or state. I don't know how they'll work it. But. Well, you already have a ton that are that way. Yeah, no, that's right. Right. I mean, right. I mean the model is government kinda, clinics, government right. hospitals, right. stuff right. like that. Right. I mean, it's going to get to a point where we're run very similar to one of the European countries, if not the European right. Union in itself, where they just have shortages and they just live with them. And unfortunately, a lot of the citizens don't like the fact that they have shortages and they work within a budget. And eventually you have to have um, a meeting of the two um, immovable objects, a real budget and uh, people who think that health care and health expenditures should be unlimited. They should be. Right? right? <laughs> because, because there's no stop. Right? We, we talk right. about let's give free tuition. Right. Let's give free health care. Let's give free, 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 okay. free, free, open borders. Not enough people out there that are like, okay, I'm, I'm satiated now. I'm good. Oh. Right. It's just, okay. But what I use the analogy of like people at buffets really annoy me sometimes because they just, get, Oh, you're just killing John on that one. I know. I love it. John's buffet. not like this though. Yeah. It's like this, like just anytime you're given a bunch of free stuff out or unlimited mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. people just take way more than they need. Oh, right. Because it's free. Plates, plates that go back half full. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and they're just gluttonous. And 
And but, it really annoys it really annoys the hell out of me because you're just like you don't need all that. You're not even going to eat. Or all you that. could go back here in two seconds and get the other half if you really were still hungry. Oh yeah. Or if you've ever worked, if you ever worked anywhere where you're giving free swag out or something, oh, people yeah. will take twelve pens because they can. Correct. Or a thousand stickers because they can. It's like econ. We were talking about we were <laughs> yeah. talking about Bernie earlier, but it's literally like even before econ one hundred and one, there's an infinite demand. For a free good. Why wouldn't there be? It's free, so the demand for it's going to be through the roof. Right. Next topic. Next, next, next topic. topic. Hey, would it be okay if we had an uh, incentive for gender studies where uh, <laughs> after five years of government service, it's paid off? Is that okay? Oh, if it's gender studies. Yeah. We're going to have to have more gender studies. What kind, of, what kind of job do you get in the workforce that would pay that off? Like when you get that degree, what are you doing with it? Uh, Counseling, helping I Democrats, like a, a big one. Uh, helping people decide what bathroom to use. You never know. I don't know what's uh, man, what's going on there. It's weird. It's very odd. What's our next topic, Bobby? Uh, we are uh, pulling it up right now. Technology is a hard one for Bob's. It is. <laughs> Where's my save dancing? Okay, let's go to a different one. Well, I think. Uh, it's the uh, you know the California parents. Right? That's right, California parents afford, doing this live. People affording to pay more for child can't afford to pay more. So for child this care. one came up. Uh, California parents can't afford to pay more for child care. Workers can't make a living. So mm-hmm. uh, this one comes for KQED. Child care, prof- uh, child care provider Pat Alexander has been in the industry for more than fifty years, and she has a. She and her husband currently run an in-home child care center outside Sacramento, and still, after all these years, she's barely making ends meet. After our deductions and our business operations, our salary was close to $2,400 for the both of us. Alexander's situation is the norm, according to a new report released Tuesday from the Economic Policy Institute and UC Berkeley Center for the Study of Child Care Employment. Overall, the report finds it. California's early educators are six times as likely as K through 12 teachers to live in poverty. Parents want to go have high quality for their kids, but they often can't afford it. Said Elise Gould, who co-authored the report. And the other side of the, of that is early educators are expected to underwrite the costs of the broken childcare system with their low wages. So this is coming to our, interesting system where we're trying to provide Californians with early child care uh, access for kids between zero through five. Mm-hmm. This goes back quite a few uh, years to, again, another bond bill, if you will. Oh, they wanted, they wanted bonds and money for more children expenditures. So we're paying for people's child care. That's right. So California's ECE programs are too limited in scope to serve all the state's vulnerable young children, presenting a challenge for families who cannot independently afford the high cost of care, which can be as high as college tuition. So unfortunately, publicly funded ECE programs currently do not have enough sufficient capacity to serve all of California's children and families. In 2015 through 16, only 33% of children under the age of five who qualified for one of California's publicly funded ECE programs based on families' income and having working parents 
were served. Many of these children were enrolled in programs that run for only a few hours each day. The state is making strides to get uh, towards meeting the needs of four-year-olds with roughly 69% of low-income four-year-olds enrolled in some of some kind of ECE program. However, only nearly however nearly 650,000 children birthed to the age of 5 do not have access to this publicly funded ECE program for which they are eligible. Promise and a failure. <laughs> whoa, whoa, a failure in this state? I mean, this is kind of, you know, this is what we want for our state, right? We want to be progressive. We want to offer everything for the working people, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the old curmudgeon, the, the heartless, ruthless uh, conservative here. But it's really, <laughs> it's going to be really hard to get ahead of a situation like this that is built on top of just, for lack of a better phrase, like a broken family model, right? When you've got so many children in single parent families, households, um, these are the kinds of, in an indirect, possibly direct, but certainly in an indirect way, these are the sorts of fallouts that occur, right? Paychecks that are coming in probably can't support barely the, the, the single parent who's earning them, let alone this child that they have that they're now taking care of on their own, which it's, that's a whole nother road, but debatable as to whether they should have had the child responsibly in the first place, given their status. Again, I understand what I'm saying is probably just pure evil to a lot of people's ears, but it, we keep not talking about it, but it's probably one of the core reasons and issues behind why we talk about these sorts of stories. Now, here comes the nugget. Uh, early child care uh, education, according to this institute, policymakers and other stakeholders have an opportunity to disrupt the status quo and ensure that California's ECE system has the funding it needs to work effect effectively for children, families, and teachers. In this report, we developed an estimate of what it would cost to provide high-quality and comprehensive early care and education for children, uh, California's families that doesn't burden them financially or overcome the expense of ECE teachers. The total estimated annual cost oh of boy. a fully phased in system ranges from 29.7 to 75.4 billion dollars or 30,000 to 37,000 per child. They are asking for mo money. And this will equate to quality care for your children. How can you say no, John? Yeah, it's just a pure severing of and breakdown in the feedback loop in terms of there being, with these sorts of programs in place, with that sort of funding, if it ever does come online, the, the removal of disincentives for having and, and bringing a child into the world, into a situation that may not be the most responsible to bring them into. I've mentioned the story on the air before, but it's just like, it's so perfect. It's Larry Elder, the talk show host, was on Bill O'Reilly when O'Reilly had his show 
uh, on Fox News. And apparently this was the last time he was on O'Reilly because this caused a little bit of a tiff. Is It was about minimum wage. And O'Reilly was upset at um, Larry Elder for wanting there to be... Larry Elder wanted there to be lower or zero dollar minimum wage. And Bill O'Reilly said, how in the world do you expect... The, the husband and wife with two small kids, both husband and wife work a minimum wage job. How do you expect them to make ends meet in this society by working at the current level of minimum wage? And Larry Elder looked at, at um, Bill O'Reilly and said, why do those two parents have two children in the first place if they work a minimum wage jobs? That's the question here. But what we've created is the environment and set of incentives and, or lack of disincentives uh, to not care about any of those elements of the decision. Absolutely none. Go ahead. Um, to bring a child in. And now that the child is here, you all, and I'm looking out to all of the population in California, you all help me do this. Somehow it becomes society's responsibility. Exactly. Right? The the, And I get there's those outlier cases, right? There's the... Always. Always. Everything was set up, but the guy was an asshole and then he left. Or Always. whatever, right? But for the most part, you've got a situation where people have sex irresponsibly. They end up pregnant. They give birth to a kid they're not ready to raise. They don't have the means or the dollars or anything in place. And especially in this state, we're saying just how many people don't even have the ability to live outside their parents' houses, Right. Right. So this whole like, man, I've just never been able to square this fact up of like, when you tell people don't have sex unless you're ready to have a kid, they look at you like, well, so the person just supposed to not have sex, right? <laughs> it's like this, well, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> well, th- there is a consequence if it doesn't go as planned for you. So exactly. And then Society, though, does have a lot of these stop gaps where we just pick up the bill for the rest of it, right? Or Exactly. It's just like the, the kids that are in school and the schools have to provide all their meals for them. And it's, look, if you can't get breakfast at home, then maybe we need to investigate what your home situation is like, I, right? I, I mean, if you can't feed a kid, then why isn't that a social services issue, right? I, mean, I kind of look at this and I look at the previous story we just did and I go... This kind of speaks to everything in California of how many people we have on these government programs and how dependent they have become on these government programs. Absolutely. What, what was the statistic? Seven million people. I'm sorry. I think it was 14 no, million yeah, people. One third. One third. One third of everybody is yeah. on the government Medi-Cal system. Right. I mean, that's terrible. They're not supposed to be that many people on it. And now we're, we're we honestly want to try to put more people on it, the whole system on it. I'd love we, to see data of how the percentage of people that are on the system for more than five years. Cause you always hear these things of, it's just to prop people up and help get them on their way. They're floating on, but they quickly come off. Right. It, I really would love to see the time at the time at which they're on it and for how long. Right. I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like a KPI, like benefit years, like dollars times amount of time. Like, like what's the average benefit years? You'd probably get some buy-in from me if you had like a six-month to a year window on something. 
Like, look, Louie, these are for people that had hard times six months to a year, and then then they're kicked off it. Let's call it a safety trampoline. Like <laughs> yeah, you had to exactly. hit it, but you then it, but then it but then it brought You're you back. You're not coming back That's down. Right. That's right. Right. I I could. I'm not for the government social programs, but I could see something where you're talking about a totally different scenario. It was a legit temporary thing for people who fall on bad luck. And then maybe there's incentive there to actually kind of hit the pavement and find a job or get off it because it is going to expire at a certain point. But when you get them indefinitely, what what incentive is there to stop? If somebody's giving you a constant stream of money, it's just like that. We talked about the free stuff. Right, there's an, an endless supply of free things, in, or endless, endless demand. demand. That's right. No, that's right. Uh, why not? Why not? I mean, <laughs> if you're going to give me free money, why wouldn't I take it? Correct. I know you, Louis. You'd take free money. Of course, I would. No matter what the circumstances. But I wouldn't apply for it. <laughs> Let's do a little crossfire. Uh oh. All right. So uh, every every week we have a crossfire debate. I will ask both gentlemen who uh, a simple question. They will play Rochambeau to determine which winner. I'm the big loser. You're the big loser. John, John is we'll the winner. We'll get to decide whether he is pro the question I'm about to ask or if he's con. And the other person has to take the opposite uh, debate platform, whether they believe in it or not. So here it comes, gentlemen. Here we go. As rats overrun California cities, state moves to ban powerful pest killers. There are so many earlier this summer outside the Cal EPA building in downtown Sacramento. Officials had to close its outdoor play le- playground <laughs> out of fear state employees' kids would catch rodent-borne diseases. Love it. To fight back, building officials set out a controversial type of rat poison whose use may soon be banned statewide by the California legislature. <laughs> Effective immediately, I'm putting a moratorium on the use of rodent sides outside the 1001 uh, Street Building Cal EPA Agency Undersecretary Serena McIwain said on June 19th in an email to staffers. Anticoagulant rodenticide has been found in almost all the mountain lions tested in California. As a result of the widespread wildlife poisoning, nearly every prominent environmental group in the state is advocating for a ban of anticoagulant rodenticides. Nine out of every ten cougars or mountain lions is found to have this rodenticide. So, the question is, should the EPA be using a rodenticide or that the California legislature is about to ban? What is your stance on this issue? Use it. If it's effective, right, I don't see the problem at all. Now, the ridiculousness, we are obviously in the liberal vortex where they're feeding on one another, eating one another. It's going to implode on themselves. So this story makes sense from that perspective. But look, this this pesticide, this rodenticide didn't get invented Two weeks ago, this stuff must be the good stuff. You, nothing in this world gets used or is done without there being some fallout, like the classic phrase, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. We need to kill some rats. This is the stuff that works. This is the stuff that's good. Use it. I got no problem with that. In fact, if 
boy, this is going to be crazy for me to say, but if I had to pick the EPA over the state legislature these days, I'd probably side with the EPA on most things if I had to pick between the two. So that alone, I'm not liking what the state legislature's putting down. John and his tree-hugging ways. He's against mountain lions. Now, Louie, take it away. John, nuclear bombs would take care of rats, too. That doesn't mean it's good for society. I love your analogy of, well, it works. We've known about it. It works. There's a lot of things we know about that we find out later. Kill people. It's in mountain lions. God knows what other animals it's in because if they either ate it or they ate the rat or whatever, and then it's in our food, and then we're eating it because it's in a cow. I don't agree with you, John. If something is poisonous, we need to get rid of it. I'm all for like deregulating crappy regulations, but when it comes to putting poisons <laughs> in our food stream, I think that's where I draw the line. But this is brought to you, of course, John's side, by the same guy that didn't think anyone should be licensed. Nobody needs license true. to do anything in the state. It's true. Just hire your doctor from Tijuana. It's true. I think some poisons need to be regulated so they don't kill us because I want to stay alive and not get cancer. Boom. We'll let you guys decide which it's, side of the argument. But uh, either it, it like super, living yeah. or you don't. But it's super funny, right? Like the EPA, the Lib State con- con- uh, Congress, they're, like they they're can't contradicting figure, each uh, other. Yeah, I loved it. I couldn't resist this one. Well, when are these organizations going to just stop meeting in San Francisco? Right, yeah. like all these places have like moved around because of the amount of right. homeless feces, and, and this is a bigger debate because. The larger city, San Francisco, L.A., they're having a problem with rodents because right. they're so damn dirty over there. Exactly, and they like New York have... subways. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Sacramento they're talking about. Classic. Somebody needs to grab somebody else by an ear and just say, "Look, problem, problem." What else you got? Swoosh me. Number three. This is a good one. Okay, John's looking forward to it. You may have heard that. Berkeley got rid of their use of the word man in all their legislature. Don't mansplain to us, okay, Bobby. From Fox Business, Berkeley bans natural gas in new homes, drops gender, uh, gender language from the city code. So I'm more interested in the top part because it's interesting. Uh, the Bay Area city has become the first in the nation to ban natural gas lines from being installed in new low-rise residential buildings. The city council voted in favor of the measure that will go into effect on January 1st, 2020, the San Francisco Chronicle reported. The new homes will instead be required to have electrical infrastructure. Berkeley Councilwoman Kate Harrison, who spearheaded the ordinance, said the natural gas is an enormous issue when it comes to climate change. We need to really tackle this. We re- we think that about... Po- Think about pollution and climate change issues. We tend to think about fa- factories and cars, but all buildings are producing greenhouse gases. So, greenhouse gases with your stove. Was it natural this, gas, the clean one? Like buses run off? I used to think that this was part of the renewable portion of it, but I, I guess they kicked it out. This, okay, I'm going to step through just a couple of things. From a website, I'm going to paraphrase a paragraph from the website at Gonzo Econ in July 2019. But this, for the following reason, is the stupidest thing I can even fathom doing for 
the following reason. In California, in our in-state electricity power generation, about 46.5% of it comes from natural gas. Okay. Yeah. So by converting natural gas to energy and sending it down power lines, you pr- you've introduced two inefficiencies. You're burning it at the source in order to turn turbines typically. That's an inefficiency. And then you send it down electrical lines, which a second time produces an inefficiency to deliver it to its end source, right? Mm -hmm. People estimate in general, this could plus or minus, whatever, about two thirds of the energy in natural gas gets lost between those two inefficiencies. So what they've really done here is increased by almost 40% the amount of natural gas going to be required to generate that electricity that they're going to use in Berkeley. So all that they've done is require more natural gas to be used to generate the electricity that they're going to end up using by an order of about 40%. Literally the dumbest thing you could do if your true end intent was to reduce the amount of natural gas you were going to consume in total. I just look at things like, have you ever used just an electric stove? They, yeah, they blow. Yes. They, they don't terrible. cook my tortillas the same way. No, I'm they're awful. Yeah. They're awful. So how do you get a how do you get a legit flame in your house? And I'll tell you one candle. Even, <laughs> even worse, I think. But then you're burning paraffin. Like that's not, that's basically diesel fuel. Have you ever lived in a in a place that has electric heat? Oh, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, the cost is ridiculous compared to how my much my apartment had an electric heater. It's a joke. Yeah. I don't see where they're going with this. Oakland, Berkeley itself, they're powered by a natural gas uh, power plant. They burn jet fuel over there. They have a 165 megawatt uh, power plant over there that they're trying to get rid of. And I don't see, you know, it's like, hey, wake up. You use natural gas because it's cheaper and because it was. It's cleaner. Cleaner. Buses are running on it now. Water heaters, stoves, or ranges. <laughs> well, that's not good enough anymore. Guys, heaters. Maybe you mentioned this, Bobby. You guys barbecues. realize it got voted on unanimously. <laughs> of course, oh, it sure. did. Right? Yeah. And did you know? Uh, maybe it was in that article that that it also had to. They also created a two hundred seventy-three thousand dollar a year post in the building and safety division to implement this ban. So now someone gets a job for two hundred seventy-five grand. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to correct you on that. That is for two people. Oh, oh. so you split that number in half. Oh, there, way better. Yeah. Here's what I will Thank say, you. though. Way better. My libertarian side, please. I'm okay with it okay. because you can leave Berkeley. Uh, Agree. Right? <laughs> better to do these things whoa, on whoa, the whoa. smallest you're, scale you're not, possible. You're not in the bourgeoisie if you leave Berkeley. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally no, fine no. not being there. I, dude, I couldn't agree with you more. Throwing rocks through Starbucks windows. I couldn't agree with you more. It's why the most, it's why the scariest, scariest thing is for federal laws to come on. Right, exactly. The scariest thing. To take these things at the smallest That's right. government, the local government level. If you don't like it, you can leave Berkeley. Better than Gavin Newsom and his band of merry men putting it into effect at a state level. Even right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because then you'd have to leave states. But you know what? If local governments want to do dumb things, then let them, you know, if Berkeley wants to become the bastion of green, no electricity, no gas society, let them. I mean, 
people either stay or leave, right? I mean, the the supply and demand will dictate whether Berkeley can survive or not. That's right. I have a feeling that there's going to be uh, an overall increase in fireplace sales in the city of Berkeley. It's just, you know. But you can't even have date. a natural gas fireplace. <laughs> you just got to burn a log or get one of the electric. You got to get a log. Or, Burn it's, them trees. Which is back to the point of in the marketplace, right? People are going to f- figure out a way. You know, all, all you've then again, most of the people that live in Berkeley, the town might have voted on this unanimously if they've given the chance, right? If you're still left in Berkeley, right. I mean, I don't almost feel about the state, but if you're left in Berkeley, California, living there on purpose, you're probably all over this stuff. Yeah, you're not there by accident. Uh, right. You definitely haven't stayed. Yeah, and if you disagree with a lot of your local politics, I doubt you're still there. No, no way. Um, in, in this article or another one that was talking about the same thing, this is just this is this stuff is all just filled with comedy. Apparently, they said during this in this report or as they were discussing the the, the Berkeley City Council was uh, gas is a serious hazard in an earthquake, and the author of the article said something to the effect of so, but downed power lines <laughs> for an earthquake are, are not. I mean, Look, everything, everything is dangerous in a big earthquake. We'll never know the answer to this question, but let me tie this into something we talked about earlier in the episode. What chance do you give the city council or the, the let's put it all on them. Yeah. What chance do you give the city council that they truly believe that they've done something good here versus virtue signaling? I think they think they did something good. Do you? I mm-hmm. think a lot of these things are more than virtue signaling. Signaling. I think these people are just dumb, and they don't know how science works, and they think that, oh, this is good for society. Well, in the same article, and the same night it happened, they took away the gender pronouns of uh, manhole covers. So <laughs> was, it, was, that's, was it really the same night of, yeah. vo- of voting? So is it just a hole cover? Or is it a they hole so cover? So anything that has man. <laughs> the hole cover. The hole. It's just a hole cover. Get to the hole. Um... Yeah, so it was the same night. They they did the same thing. This is why it's in the same they, article. They realize that man exists in women, right? They don't care. So virtual Ooh, signaling or doing the wanna... right thing. It just means Where, the whole Where's their mindset, Louie? Tell me, where's their mindset? That was an ugly comment, Louie. That was very uh, offensive oh to say that the word man exists in women. I'd never live in that town. I'd oh. go up and speak at council meetings and be that guy. Do you think? Do you think some of these their, their stuff must be on YouTube because it gets recorded on public access? I'm sure in the area, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Or they've got Granicus or something where you can go stream it on their website, the archives. Wow. Well, first they uh, they pray to Beelzebub. They have the occult signing, and then they uh, <laughs> go to their altar and sacrifice a lamb. They sacrifice a conservative. That's right. Some kind of ideal. Wow. Is that it? That's it. Let's wrap this one up quickly today. Episode 56 down. We're going to take a a week off for some summer festivities. Uh, Gives you a chance to catch up on the other ones. If you haven't listened to all of them, the budget one's a really good one to start on. We kind of dig out the budget and you can see what kind of wasteful spending is going on. That's a good one. So, uh, Catch us on our website, calistreaming.com, C-A-L-I streaming.com. And you can download us on Apple iTunes. Subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. Tell your friends to subscribe, share, push that share button. Share it. Tell people. It's true. This is, it's funny. I just was finding out not too long ago how easy it is on, on the podcast app 
on my iPhone to just do a little little share yeah. over text. Kinda, yeah. Kind of convenient. Welcome to 2019, John. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. We've got about six months left of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's really easy to share it. If you're a conservative and your friends are conservative and you live in California, we're basically your only hope in the podcast world. So just laying that out there. Send us any of your questions. We get some listener mail. Send us if you want us to cover some topics. Let us know. And Bobby, leave them with a special note for the next two weeks. If you're new to the program, don't forget to burn it all down. <laughs>